the Hallmarkies podcast. I am Cami Clements, the Hooked Hardy. I haven't been on the regular podcast for a while, not since my recap of Man from Snowy River. And speaking of which, huh, I wonder why I'm here. I'm here to recap the sequel, Return to Snowy River, but I couldn't do it without my lovely and brand new co-host, Carrie. Hi, Carrie. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Now, I was not able to join you on the first recap. I know. (laughs) Which I was so disappointed at because that's the movie I'm more familiar with. I know. (laughs) More often, you know, out of these two. Right. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we had to do a podcast together because there's only one letter difference in our name. Yes. So, so it, you know, it was meant to be. It was meant to be. Well, and the other thing is, not many people on the team, not many of the team know this movie, and so the fact that you do is like, ah! <laughs> like, how can you not know this classic? <laughs> it is a classic, and it is, but it is one of those that I think can be missed if you're about 10 years younger than I am, you know? Right, like, yeah. Out of the you're just going to miss it. And there's going to be others you're going to focus on. And I don't know, I had friends growing up with older sisters, even. So Uh this movie came out in the 80s. And I was young, I was under their older sisters were watching. And so we would watch, you know, we were, we were introduced to it that way. Right. Um, Yeah, it is. It's not one to be missed. Okay. And Walt Disney did it. And it is not on Disney Plus. I am so mad. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> that is true. Did Walt Disney do the first one as well? No, 20th Century Fox did it. But even so, it should be on there because all the Fox movies are on there. Oh so, <laughs> well, it's funny you should talk about being young because this is the first movie I remember seeing in the theater. Really? Yes. So the, so the first one came out the year before I was born, okay. but I grew up watching it recorded on VHS. Just, you know, they hit record on the VCR and we watched it constantly, constantly, okay. constantly. Yes. My mother raised me on this movie. <laughs> and, and then I saw, and then I saw, this was the first one I remember seeing in the theater and I was five years old. But I- you were young. This came out in '88. I was. I was. I was five years old when this came out. But I knew who Jim was. I knew who Jessica was. I said, "Why is Mr. Harrison different?" I followed the story. I mean, it was. I was very Snowy River savvy. <laughs> and you know, it's um. It, there are definitely tense moments, but I can see. And and like you said before, that a few words, a few words of language. Yeah. It's just a good story. It's, it is. It's clean. I would have anyone come in in the room and watch it with me. You know, it wouldn't have to be one that I'd watch putting after I put the kids to bed or something. Yeah. No, it's got meat in it too. It's just, oh, it's, it's sturdy. It's solid. It's, oh, and then let's talk about music. Oh Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) You put the music in there and, oh, Bruce Roland is. Yeah. 
genius. genius. And I know, I know you have spent time learning um, that famous Snow River piece on the- Oh, Jessica's theme. Yes. So I, I've known the first one, Jessica's theme. I've known that for years, yes. years yes. and years. It's one of the first ones that I really- memorized and learned. It's one of the first really long pieces that I know, but I just recently found the sheet music. Thanks to Jess. She found it for me. I just recently found the sheet music to Sonata number two. And so that was the video I put as the teaser for this podcast. So. <laughs> Well, I'm so glad you did that because that there's nothing like music to just transport you there. Oh, right there in those amen. movies. And I love it. Amen. Okay, so before we start gushing too much, <laughs> let's talk about some of the differences between Man from Snowy River and uh, Return to Snowy River. The first thing that I noticed right away was the hair. Jim and Jessica both had 80s hair and in the first one they didn't yeah it was 80s hair, which cracked me up because i was like, this was and that's what made me look up when it was made uh, again and refresh myself because i was like oh my gosh this hair is totally different it's a little shorter on the side a little bit more mullety in the back a longer bit spiky <laughs> They really, you know, they didn't hide that very well with the, with the eighties. Right. And well, but see in the first one they did, their hair was very time appropriate, which was why it's such a shock in this one. And, you know, Jessica just has that wild mane. <laughs> Hello, I'm here. <laughs> exactly. So what's a difference that you noticed right away? Well, you said it. I mean, right away, I was like, Harrison, like, this is her dad? Like, wait a minute, where did yes. Douglas, Douglas go? I wanted him back. But I know. He didn't so come do, back and do you know the story behind that? I don't, actually. And I was hoping you did. So I do. Yeah, fill me in. <laughs> so Kirk Douglas said that he would be a part of the second movie if he could direct. And he thought he was irreplaceable, apparently. And the producer, Jeff Burroughs, said no and replaced him with Brian Dennehy. Wow. And so that was that, which is kind of, it's sad, you know, because recasting in a classic like this is very difficult. I am, I'm not going to for a moment say that Brian Dennehy didn't do a fabulous job. He knocked it out of the park as best he could, but it's just different. And Brian Dennehy is also much younger than, uh, at least much younger looking than Kirk Douglas. So, (laughs) And then that's, that obviously is why Spur was killed off and all that wasn't a part of it. So here's what I noticed between um, Jessica and Dennehy. And it made me wonder what would it have been like if he was the original dead okay okay because because they had a much warmer relationship yeah and now this obviously some time has gone on and their relationship has matured he has softened and he becomes a hero at the end i mean he does he is heroic yes it's so much warmer even the way she looks at him or smiles at him at the beginning i was like huh i wonder what this would have been like what it would have been like yeah, he just brought a warmth to the role that um, was sweet, I thought. 
So definitely different, but interesting. Yeah, that's true. And um, actually, it's funny because I remember sitting in the theater, like I said, and my brother, he, uh, two of my brothers were sitting way down in the front and my mom and I were in the back. And one of my brothers came back to my mom and said, is that the same Jessica, you know, whispering really quietly. And she said, yeah, yeah, it is. And apparently they thought that she had gotten really hot. You know? so- <laughs> they were a little older. <laughs> they were, they were 13 and 14. And apparently she blossomed for them from the first to the second movie. <laughs> so- <laughs> What a funny memory. Oh my God. Well, I didn't know that part until a couple of months ago, actually, when we were talking, I was talking with one of the brothers that was there and he told me that that's why they asked because they thought that she was so hot. That was attractive. I mean, she did. She definitely was. Yeah. I didn't know if it was because I... I had liked her, known her and liked her from that first movie. And then, you know, you obviously give her the benefit of the doubt with your affections in this. Right. Yeah. Um, But I did think that, yeah, she was really, she was just calmer. She was warmer. Very grown up. Yeah. She was more grown up. She knew her Mm -hmm. mind. Yeah. There's a scene I want to talk about later, but um, yeah, one that I really liked. Okay. Uh, So one more quick fact before we get into the recap, and that is, that Kirk Douglas and Brian Dennehy both died this year in 2020. Oh, did they? Within, within about a month of each other. Oh. Yeah. Only Kirk Douglas was 103 and Brian Dennehy was 81. Wow. Wow. So, yeah. It, oh, but I thought that was interesting that they died in the same year within about a month or two of each other. Oh. So, Yeah. Okay, so let's get into it. (laughs) So first scene of the movie, what happens? Oh man, this opening scene and we see (laughs) Well, it's it's quiet and I actually I tried to adjust my volume even this this um refresher time that I watched it recently because I was like, wait, wait, and but it was quiet and all of a sudden, yeah, here we are. Here we see that Brumby, right? Or the 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 stallion. We see the stallion. We know that the the um the whole pack is close, but we don't see them just yet. And then out of the mist come these six, five, six mysterious like others. Yeah, and who who take a shot at the stallion? Yeah, like, what what's happening? Plus, and, Jim's property and right and, and boom and first scene. You know just, what? Huh? Huh? <laughs> Did they get him? Did they shoot him? What happened? <laughs> Okay, yeah. now here's a here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. So this movie was released six years after the first one, and uh, Tom Burlinson did another Australian horse movie. I don't know if you know about the Australian racehorse Far Lap. No, very very famous. I didn't know about him either until I looked it up. But very very famous Australian racehorse from the 30s, and he did that movie in between these two, and so there's six years in between these two. But obviously, I don't think Jim is supposed to have been gone for six years. You know, I kept trying to tune in. Like, do they give any hints on they how they don't? They do say one time someone says. Um, 
someone who's gone for a couple months and then they come back. And I was like, okay, so a couple months or well, a few he said, months. He said months at a time. He said months at a time. Months at a time. Because yeah. I'm like, this whole town pops up and that can't right. take more than a couple months. Uh -huh. whole, you know, these kids grow up and I don't know. How long do you think it is? Your best guess. Well, that, that's what I was going to ask you. My best guess, I would say about two years. I think he's supposed to have been gone about two years. Okay. What do you think? Okay. I, I like that actually, because um, <laughs> when <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking a year, but even that in my mind didn't compute well with this whole town that boomed out of this. I know. So, which leads you to believe maybe it was more like three. Right. Yeah. Even two. Yeah, two, three. I think that's good. And then I'm like, would she have st would she have stayed though faithful? You know, like in her heart. I think for sure she would. I mean, she's our heroine, right? Of course she's gonna be absolutely. Good. It's Jessica <laughs> Carrie. But, but she does like jump in and 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 um fine-tune her her business savvy and to the point where now her dad's like thinking about handing this over to her and she's like, mm -hmm. oh, really? you're gonna so I was like, okay, yeah, this is, this is some time to develop some business um, savvy and some interest in her horses and stuff like that. Right. Which she was before, but it seemed like she really fine-tuned it. So yeah, two, I think two years is a good one. Good okay. Guess. We're yeah. going to stick with that. <laughs> I'll just uh, call up Tom Berlinson. Hey, how long was Jim supposed what to have been do? gone? What do you think? <laughs> So Jim is finally back home and we meet his best friend, Seb. I love Seb. I think he is one of those right hand men that is just, you know, good at heart and good to the bone kind of people. He comes up, makes sure that Jim's place is all right. He fills him in on all the news, says the lowlanders want our grazing. They're trying to kick us out, but we won't let them. And someone took a shot at your stallion, huh? What? <laughs> so he just fills him in on all the news. And one, one thing that I love about this scene is it's, it seems so natural, but when Seb says, at least you're back for a while, he says, I'm back for good, Seb. And he's reaching into his pocket and he takes out a picture of Jessica, which I think is the sweetest thing. And it just shows that she's never been far away from him. He's right, right there. always had her yeah. right there in the for in the forefront of his brain. Yeah, which is funny when she says, "So you thought of me then?" Oh my! <gasps> okay, yeah, we're we're gonna get to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so and actually, let's go there next. So we're at Harrison's estate. We see Jessica for the first time. She's blossomed. Yeah. And we also meet Mr. Patton and Colonel Harry Hawker. So, so wait though, this is how I love to see each, each um, character introduced. And you kind of, I just try yeah. to pay, pay special attention. Like, what are they doing? What are the first things they say? How do yeah. we, and even with Jessica here, she just like races on the scene in this horse and goes right through this cattle and goes right up, you know, yep. into her house and gets off the um, horse. And I'm, and it's nice to know, Okay, she hasn't changed much. Sure, nope. she's grown up, but she hasn't changed much. -uh. <laughs> still, still no, and that, that was one big difference that kind of didn't sit right with me is 
Harrison in the first movie, he's very much the big man on campus. He's in charge. You get the feeling he's the richest man around. Right. And and then in this one, you hear about the Patton family, who's the most powerful family in the district. Yeah. And he needs loans from the Patton family. Right. Like it, what it's happened? Just, yeah, it's it's hard to sit with, especially since it's recast. Yeah. You know, if we were seeing it with the same actor, maybe it would be different. But that, yeah, that was one thing yeah. that that kind of sat a little weird with me. But listening to Patton talk, you know, if our ties extended beyond mortgages, I'd say the sky's the limit. I'm like, oh, get your greasy paws off of our Jessica. You know? <laughs> I know. And the creepy thing is, you know, you don't know if he wants him for himself or then like a son, like a younger son. But then all of a sudden, of course, that's this Alistair, this younger son. Yes. And you see his wife. She has no, no lines, no anything. But you see no. the older, you, you see know, her. his wife. But I was like, mm, what are we talking about here? I know, I know. So thank heavens he was at least talking about his son. But still, just, yeah. the way he looks at her and talks about her is a little creepy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But then we meet Harry Hawker, who's a colonel in the Indian Army, and I love how he puts Patton in his place because yeah. he's back talking. He's talking about Harrison behind his back saying, not exactly a first class background. And Harry Hawker says, I believe your family came from the Percys on the Scottish border. Mine were the Mongots. My lot used to hang your lot as cattle yeah. thieves. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> true. He had a subtle way of, of putting people in their place. So. Oh, I love him. I love that character. So then, yes, we meet Alistair and he does that amazing job of the skill at arms course. And then, uh, I, I can't even say it, Carrie, say it for me. What, what does he give to, uh, uh. Oh, he gives her a ring. Oh, but in the worst way, I mean, I, I remember, I didn't know this at, at five years old, but you know, as I've watched it growing up, like, you call that a proposal? Oh, you moron! I know. <laughs> and she too, her face just like drops like, what, what, what is this? Like, what well, are you doing? Marquis, if you haven't seen the movie, I am going to spoil this part for you. He, so he does this amazing skill at arms course, like an obstacle course. He does it very well. He's a trophy holder with this course. He brings up his uh, banner, his flag, and he lowers the flag down to Jessica. She unties it and there's a ring tied on the flag and he smiles and rides away. <laughs> She wants no, no part of it. She no, like, oh, she walks away. <laughs> and he's cocky thinking he did this awesome thing. And oh my gosh. He just has no fault. <laughs> so let's go to the big race. So Jim shows up at the estate. No idea what's going on, but now he's seeing and hey, let's stay. Let's take a look at everything. And Oh my gosh, do you? He stays because he, he recognizes this horse that he broke in this race. Yes! He, the arms thing. he watches Alistair do the arms thing. Yeah, so, he did. What is this? It's basically a picnic on the property. Yeah, it's a it's a big horse race. The the like main event is the horse race. Okay, yes. But it's kind of like a carnival. You know, you have the different attractions and then the main event. Great. And yeah, so 
but I love the pride on Jim's face when the Colt wins. And that is a hard maneuver to go from last place to then cut off all the other horses on a turn and win. That's yes. not easy to do. He did it. But uh, yeah. who, who pulled it off? Justin! Jessica! Jessica! <laughs> who we know is a great horse rider, but who yes. she just, she knew that she was going to, she was the one to ride this horse and win, win the race. So she pulls a few little manipulative tactics with the jockey. Like locking him in the outhouse? Locks him in the outhouse. And she's like, the jockey wasn't available. So she had to suit up and, and win the race. <laughs> Which is really fun. I loved that actually. I kind of just loved those those moments of of female empowerment of shocking, you know, shocking the men around me, and I did it. <laughs> I think that's what movie scenes are made for, like this. You know? Yeah. Well, and just you know, kind of a naughty, naughty Jessica. She locked me. She locked the jockey in the outhouse. She didn't say, "Hey, can I please ride in your place?" She locked him in the bathroom. <laughs> That's, that's just mean. <laughs> I mean, I'm loving, I'm loving Harrison's reactions to her in this one. Honestly, he's like, what the devil? Oh, who can, who can tame Jessica kind of like exasperation. But he's also like has these, all these men who are watching him and like expecting him to get his daughter in line. Right. So he often Lee has to go, you know, over to her and like talk with her about it or say, go, go get changed or whatever. Yeah. But then he gives her this little side, like, congratulations. Congratulations. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that, that was cute. Yes, it was. So then we get our first eye contact. We get our first glimpse of Jim and Jessica seeing each other after who knows how long. And I love the shot. <laughs> I love, yeah, two years. <laughs> I love the shot. Alistair thinks that she's looking at him and the camera pans over to right past him. He's like, mm. That was awesome. I liked that too so much. I, uh, I was so, I wanted a private moment for them. You know, I, know. I, wanted, I wanted him to like kind of catch her on the way into the barn or something like that but Harry what are you thinking here <laughs> no I wanted I wanted to see that like they rush into each other's arms or whatever you know like, I know me but, too me too that didn't happen and I had to watch it play out how it yeah. did in front of everybody <laughs> yeah well and I mean can you imagine how hurt how hurt this man must be I mean the whole reason why he was gone yeah. was to get a start for them so that he could marry her yeah. so that he could have a good enough life. Because yeah. remember in the first movie, Harrison chased him off because he said, you don't have enough. Yeah. You don't have enough to support my daughter. And so I think that's incredibly amazing of Jim. Okay, I'm right. going to go off and I'm going to make the money I need to marry her. And then he comes back and he's getting rejected by Jess. He's yeah. getting pushed away by Harrison. He's getting thrown off the property by a total stranger, Alistair. Yeah. You know, it's just 
this man is dealing with a lot right now. I don't blame him for almost punching out Alistair. I know. I, I think too, like, you know, he was surprised that his yeah. devotion was in question. He's like, he's, he's gone for however long. He works his tail off. He comes back and he like comes back in victory. He thinks, you know, and, and then you've yeah, been thinking of me then thinking about me then, you know, oh. it's like, it never occurred to him that what he was doing would be hurtful or, you know, taken the wrong way or something like that. Like he was, he was really surprised. So yeah. I liked that he could keep himself in check. This new friend, Harry, Harry he keeps him from throwing the punch. Good man. Yeah. Good man. <laughs> keeps him from doing a, you know, this mountain boy reaction thing and yep. other ways. And then Jim immediately, oh, I love this part. I just, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. This is an amazing part. And just, I mean, Harry says there are better ways to make your point, Jim. And then you see the idea come to Jim and just his eyes light up and it's amazing. And then put the music with it and it's just heart pumping. Jim yeah. does the skill at arms course no practicing flawlessly. And he also doesn't have the tools right. that Alistair does. He uses his own, whatever means he had, which was his whip, which we know he's amazing with. He's amazing with that whip. <laughs> and his agility on a horse, you know, to reach down and get that peg and then all of these other things. So he, and I mean, his stirrup, his stirrup. Oh I mean, Oh my gosh, the stirrup. You know, and of course that's foreshadowing for later. That's foreshadowing, but we'll go back to that. Exactly. That it was a pretty fascinating display. And you just are like, whoa, you know, you want to cheer for him. And he oh. just did it. And then he like comes to Alistair right away and like um, I don't know what he even said. It was a military term. Okay, yeah. This took me forever to get. So okay. so the final thing is. Uh, is a dummy and Alistair stabbed the uh, stabbed the dummy with a sword so it would be a, a dead prisoner in a military okay. term and Jim got his whip back because he already has used his whip and and then he threw it around himself and then he got it back and he captured the dummy and brought it and threw it at Alistair's feet. And he said, I think that, um, I think that's what you'd call a live prisoner. So the, so I didn't really understand why that was so funny, but it's because Alistair resorted to stabbing the dummy, but Jim showed more skill by bringing it intact. Okay. So, okay. I like yeah. that. Yeah. I it was just really, really fun. Like you oh. knew whatever, whatever he did, he bested him. He did it better than him, which mm -hmm. is so cool to knowing that compassion and, and, um, you know, the protection of human life prisoner or no, right. Is better. That is the better, yeah. tactic, you know, that, um, is the besting of the, well, and the fact that he didn't stoop to Alistair's level and punch him out and be and become a scumbag no he didn't he didn't sink to his level he bested him right at, at this thing that alistair is a trophy holder in you know it just it was such a good moment i mean oh 
amazing moment. Yes. <laughs> Go back and watch it, Hallmarkies. <laughs> all right, let's skip to Eureka Creek. Yeah. Okay. First of all, right away, this is what bothered me, and it is gone over so quickly. What? That land is Jim's. That land is Jim's, that mine, that mother load that the people found in Spur's old mine, that's his. Because he were, they were equal. They were equal yeah. partners. Oh my goodness. Well, how did they, what did they say about that? They didn't. They didn't. The, uh, Jim was talking to that priest and he said, I've been away for a while, but there used to be only a small mine here. And, uh, and the priest said, yeah, after Spur died, they found it, the mother load, a thousand feet down, 50 feet from his shaft. That's, that's Jim's money. That's so all Jim's land. Do you think because he, because Spur died without finding it? then then it was just not anybody's anymore and well, mrs darcy see that's the other thing mrs darcy said that he willed the land to all the people who have had to scratch and work and because they were all their own bosses none of the people there worked for bosses right and so i you know it's kind of you know it, it's kind of sailed over. They kind of tried to explain it away, but I think true fans like you are going <laughs> to and be annoyed that they didn't really <laughs> stick, the, to the, stick to the storyline. Well, and here's what annoys me. Jim went away for all that time to get a start for, a, for Jessica and him. He could have been rich. Right. <laughs> like, oh, dang it. <laughs> that's his money. That's his he land. <laughs> you know, he, doesn't make, he doesn't make a deal about that. Isn't no, that he, he does not say anything, which I don't know if that's just kind of smoothing it over with the script or if that's a character choice that he just let it be. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, Eureka Creek, here we come. And all of a sudden he's here at this place and I'm like, I've never seen a mountain town before, you know, yeah. up and it's usually the, the mountain people come down to the valley, to the towns, but with these gold rush, the, the gold that they find, you know, uh -huh. it happens in the U.S. too, you know, all of a sudden yeah. these boom towns are booming up and people are flocking to them and yeah. making, making it a civil place to be. Yeah, exactly. But, and yeah <laughs> and we just yeah, no no <laughs> and we see seb again and this this is a line i didn't get until i was much older of course but i seb is so sympathetic to jim he he's the perfect friend that i didn't think they'd pull out the red carpet and you know <laughs> and, and and Jim, with old Harrison, it was more like a red rag to a bull. You know? yeah. <laughs> just, I mean, but it's so true that poor man, you know, just, yeah. just, hey, <laughs> Dora, Dora. <laughs> he just wanted to make Jim an enemy. And that's why I'm so glad that Harrison actually came around at the end. Which oh, was, I know. I'm like, no, no, be allies. You can be allies. Don't be enemies. So I know. Seb, Seb, though, you see the little band of, of people and you start figuring out who goes with who and what families are around and who's, you know, 
who's who's who makes up this little town right so the next morning we see jessica come into town and just walk around looking for him but hello (laughs) so um, well, after this was after a fight though that she had right i was yep uh, you read my mind i was just oh, going back to it so so yeah jess had had an argument with her father and in that he said that he didn't give a hoot in blank about the patents junior or senior well neither do i and who's <laughs> outside Alistair Patton. And I think that's his turning point. You know, he was a snob. He was a rich, spoiled boy. But this is when, that's when Jim becomes an enemy is his pride is hurt because the woman that he's supposed to marry that he thinks he loves and boy, does he bounce back fast in a pub. Moving on. But uh, but the woman that he's supposed to marry doesn't give a hoot and heck about him. Yeah. And uh, so that's when Jim becomes a target, I think. Yes, yes, for Alistair. And now we, now we kind of solidify. This is, this is so interesting to me in this whole story arc. You know, I kind of was a little, you get emotionally exhausted trying to figure out who's the bad guy? Who's going to... Who's going to be the good guy? Who's going to, you know, and I want these to be clear lines, but we're complex people and it's not going to be so clear sometimes. Uh This is when you realize, okay, okay, Alistair's- The line has been drawn. Yes, yes. (laughs) And we don't see much of his father anymore. His father set up- Just a little bit. Yeah, set up the patents to be, you know, who they are. Right. In opposition with all- well, Jim and the Harrisons and everybody. Uh-huh. But now Alistair becomes the main villain here. Yep, yep, yep. So, okay, forgive me because I'm going to recap almost this whole part because it's one of my favorites. <laughs> so Jess comes looking for him, but, you know, they, they, co- they come together in the street and they meet and then she says, I came to talk to you. I'm like, Oh, no hug. No, hi. No, I missed you. And I came to talk to you. (laughs) I missed you too. Thanks, honey. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Exactly. And, and it's funny because she says, why were you away for so long? And he said, I told you to get a start for us. And she says, why is accumulating things so important? You know, I would think that having a father that she does, she would get it. Right. You know, that she's been raised under his business. Right. And, and you know, maybe that's why she's annoyed by it because she's surrounded by it with the patents and her father. Maybe that's why it's bugging her. But I, I, I and I think she felt like, she felt like something that the patents were trying to um, accumulate, you know. For she's, Alistair, she's, yeah right there for them and then her dad you know that she just got in a fight with him about jim and stuff and so she's almost i feel like she's questioning all the the men in her life have this ambition and she's like why do you all why so it wasn't to me it wasn't pointed at jim but it was just like this uh all that's a good you, point yeah all of you want to accumulate these things and where really if she took a step back she would see 
that it's his motivation wasn't the things. His motivation was her and their life together. To be yeah. able to marry her and to provide yeah. for her because he says, I've seen the lack of it and I don't want that for you. Mm. You know, everything has been just focused. Yeah. You know, I mean, he had blinders on and she was right there in the center. And then he has to ask the worst possible question ever. Is there someone else? And, you know, just open up the heart, rip it in two and smash it on the floor. Oh, that you would even have to ask that. But it, I mean, her, her attitude totally begs that question. Yeah. Right. Is there someone else? Well, when does she say they have, they've planned my life or something? All right after that. So, so he says, I've seen the lack of it and I don't want that for you. She says things change. And that's when all of a sudden he gets that fear in his eyes. Is there someone else? Oh, and she says, they've all made plans with me with, with Alistair Patton, but I'm not going through with it. Yeah. But I can't come and be up here with you. Oh, and cause she's thinking about, and so walk, walk me through those reasonings she said. So she's saying, my father needs me more than I ever did before. The Pattons are the most powerful family in the district. If we were together, they would break him and then they'd come after you and everyone else. Your own people would turn against you and I would be the cause. So, <laughs> so she's taking everything on her. Yeah. <laughs> Which he sees, and I loved that. He's like, whoa, 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 you know, like, yeah. what is he, he says something to that effect. Like, He's you saying know, you're taking too much on yourself, Jess. On. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're taking too much on, you know, what do you want? So she, she leaves. She's, I've, I've said my piece, I'm gone. And finally, Mrs. Darcy, the pub owner, she up there, she convinces him to go after her. And because of the note that she left dad, dad comes after her to take her home. And Jim comes after her to stop her. And so I missed, I forgot that whole, he goes, he go he stays and mrs darcy talks to him and yeah mrs. darcy who we we didn't say she's like this saloon hotel owner she's yeah just, she looks like a pillar of the community of uh Eureka. like a like a mother figure yeah, yeah. yeah. she her. she knew that she all these people so she's a trusted voice and she challenges jim go after her okay right part, so go ahead so one thing i just want to interject right here brian dennehy is a fabulous writer, especially for being a stocky, bigger man. So agile on the horse. <laughs> Dying because I thought that same exact thing. <laughs> I thought and I was like, he's a really good writer. He's like what really is it? Golden days. You have a really good seat. Like, you know, like you can you can ride that horse really well. Really yeah. agile, really like a man of a hundred pounds lighter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was really good at that. <laughs> okay, so here we go. <laughs> All right, so Jim stops her. Jess, I'm not going to let you go like this. We're not going to mess up our lives doing what other people think is right. Now listen to me. You've thought of me, your father, almost everyone else. All right, but what about you? 
what do you want? And she says, she says, I want you. Oh! It was immediate. And I was so, so thankful that that's, that's what they had her say. And that's what she was able to say from her heart because, you know, I didn't want it to drag on any longer. I was no. like, come on, we're a movie. We're almost a halfway through the movie and they haven't touched yet. <laughs> so she, with relief, it says, I want you, because it's like she was waiting for someone, waiting for him to ask her what she wanted, yes. but she wasn't going to allow herself to go there, you know, but that's where this partnership is so good. I think I just love these insights to their relationship. Yes. And looking out for her. Yeah. I love Speaking that. of the way the relationship works. So they have this beautiful hug. It's the first affectionate touch in the entire movie. I'm just like, what took you so dang long? You know? Well, he had a vision. He had a, a hope oh. hug one time. Oh, the daydream. He wanted it to be real, but it was a daydream. It was a daydream, but oh, they're, they're <laughs> cuddling. They're gazing at his property. So oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> he kisses her on the forehead. Oh. <laughs> I love the forehead kisses. Oh, I love it. <laughs> anyway. so this one was real. It was super sweet. They hug. It's like you you kind of are like relieved. And then. And of course, the music crescendos right there, which is a beautiful point. And yeah. then, yes, father rides in. And this is this is where I think Jim shows just how amazing he is. Yeah. Because. Harrison's trying to dance around and play the word game. Let's go home. But time's passed for that, Harrison. Let's talk straight. Yeah. And, and she's saying, please don't do this. You can't have it both ways. Not this time. Either come with me now or stay here with him. She's trying to reason with him. Can't you understand? I love you both, but yeah. he won't have it. It's me or him, Jess. And right here. Jim, with one tiny little line, shows just how perfect of a man he is. <laughs> I can say that because he's fictional. <laughs> I've, I've said that many times about Jack Thornton on, yeah. uh, on When Calls the Heart, because what is it about men who have J names in, in, yes. <laughs> in the, in, on the small screen or the big screen? I do not know, but... Jim Craig was the original perfect man for, in my view. And, you know, now there's Jack Thornton, but Jim Craig was the original. And with just a tiny little sentence, it doesn't have to be a choice. He is fully open to having a relationship with Jessica and having her father still be a part of his life. With everything that Harrison has put him through, he could have easily joined that stupid little game. No, you pick your father or me. And right. he didn't. Yeah. He said it doesn't have to be a choice. A choice. Well, I, I really liked that's I mentioned this at the very beginning, but this was the scene that I just thought was was so strong because mm. um, it showed the two of them. Yeah. And they weren't just going to be these two selfish lovers who run off and, you know, mm -hmm. live for themselves. They wanted to foster this relationship with their family. They wanted to do things right and well. Mm -hmm. And they were mature in the face very. of her father's immaturity, really. Yes, his absolutely. Failure to lead well. They were they were very um, mature in the face of that. So I liked. I was like, oh, I'm 
and liken this couple. I'm really it's beautiful. Oh, they are beautiful. They were they were the original prince and princess, as far as I was concerned. Aww. You know, <laughs> I idolized these two characters growing up. <laughs> so, but dad will not relent, and so she says, "I want to be with Jim." You know, I mean, he gave her no other choice. Yeah. And then we have the beautiful montage, musical montage of them riding up to his home together. Yeah. And then we have the first kiss of the movie. <laughs> ah! Oh, man. Okay. So it's precious. it is it's so precious, especially after this, this love scene of uh, Australian landscape. Yes! <laughs> The only thing I can describe. There's it's true scene with these two people. But this director loved Australia. And you can tell. I mean, these, these, this ride up these mountains and the vista. Beautiful. You just are transported there. And she she gets it. She gets She's it. never been there before. Yes. Except to be lost on a cliff. But uh -huh. she, it's like she gets it. And she's seen a piece of Jim that I feel like makes sense to her now. And she's right. his home and she sees these views. And I mean, she really loves her choice. And, but she just, it solidifies her, her choice. Absolutely. Yeah. So when I was younger, I had this thing that I called the jaw. And it was me being a swoony teenager watching romantic movies. <laughs> so I could tell how much a guy was into a kiss by his jaw. Oh. And so if his jaw was just kind of slacking and, you know, not really set, then he was a lousy kisser and he wasn't really into the relationship. Yeah. And then if his jaw was firm, if his jaw was set and really into yeah. it, then you could tell what kind of a kisser he was and what kind of a man was in this relationship. Right. And let me and let me just tell you, Jim had the jaw. <laughs> Standard for the jaw for you, actually. A little five-year-old in a movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, uh, I, I, I plead the fifth on that one because I was only five. <laughs> it's true though, how, you know, that, that's going to speak to you in, the, in that way, you know, if you're like, oh, you see this jaw and what I just love too, with the tender way he, I watch his eyes. So you. <gasps> oh my gosh. I love that you just said that. I had in my notes, Tom Burlinson acts with his eyes. Oh my gosh, his eyes. I'm a sucker for the eyes. Please go on. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> he just communicated so much with his eyes. The way he watched her. Couldn't stop looking at her. Oh, it is so precious and yeah it, he just communicates so much just his his delight in her which I just I love that he delights in her so much he doesn't want to change who she is he just wants to like be them together and, just loves and, her yeah. so much yeah <laughs> but sadly we have to come down from the cloud dang it dang it dang it dang it <laughs> So it starts out happy. Harry Hawker comes and asks Jim about his horses because he wants to buy the horses because he's tired of dealing with people like the Pattons, but it's his job to get large amounts of remounts for the army, uh, regardless of conditions. And so 
they're so they're talking contracts, but Alistair gets jealous and immature and spoiled bratish and yeah. says, Craig is trying to undercut us. And so he and his friends go up, they get on their horses and they go up to go and try and make trouble, even though his friend Collins tries to talk him out of it, saying it's stupid and it's wrong. His friends go up and they get lost going up there to try to make trouble. And one of his friends gets trampled by the stallion and the Brumbies and gets killed. And then of course they blame the mountain people. <laughs> and the mountain people are sick of being blamed, but they, they want to like take man matters into their own hands, but- And they're blaming Jess. That's it. Then <sighs> they're, they're sick of being blamed, but now they have someone that they can blame. And it's Jess who came from, from the um, valley. And, so uh, it's just, there's just a lot of mountain, valley, um, you know- Lowland, highland, all of that. Is, oh my goodness. Yep. Wait a minute. This is, this is quite the storyline. So, okay. yeah, Jess leaves to go home while Jim goes out to find the Black Stallion to shoot him because the boys, you, you, they call them the boys, <laughs> the boys have threatened, you shoot him or I will. Yeah. And so then he comes back and Seb is there and she's gone. So here's something I want to I ask your opinion on. Okay. The picture. The yeah. picture of Jess on the mantle. Yeah. When she sees it, she's been living at the house with him for a while. When she sees the picture, to me, it looks like she's seeing it for the very first time. And she's in shock that it's there on the mantle. It's like, uh, why are you in shock? I mean, are you right. just now realizing just how important you are to him? I, right. So talk me through it according to your perspective. Okay, according to my perspective is that she, you know how we knew right at the very beginning, this picture was a symbol of his devotion, his love. He's, right. He pulls out this picture from his uh, jacket. He's, mm -hmm. She's close to his heart the whole time. I almost just wonder if, you know, I kind of saw her, she's just fiddling, but she knows how important this is to him. She's important or he's important to her and she's considering leaving for his sake right leaving for his safety uh, and so she's like touching this picture and just kind of i don't know almost thinking i've, I've got to go i've got to leave i've got to say no that's to this. really good and what this is in her hands was his love his devotional life with him that he has does oh. that make sense i mean that's kind yes, of it I does no, I never thought of it that way. And I couldn't understand what is the point of this moment? She's been living at the house with him for a while. And of course they were not doing anything dirty because Jim is perfect. <laughs> they were married, yeah. And they were going to wait until they were married. Of course they were. <laughs> and I don't care what anybody else says. That's the truth. And we're sticking to it. <laughs> no, they didn't even imply anything else in the movie. And they, no, they didn't keep it as chaste as we want to. And I, I love it too. Um, but, uh, but I had never thought about that. And I think that that is beautiful. I love it. But yeah. then he goes back down to find her and I love what she says. Do you remember what it is? She says, oh, you're going to remember word for word. But she says, um, I could only get as far as Eureka Creek 
or yeah, I must love you. Couldn't get any you. further. Yeah. And I remember because I wrote it down. You know? <laughs> like, I must love you. I couldn't get any further than Eureka Creek. I just, oh. <laughs> and he immediately hugs her and kisses her on the cheek because once again, he loves her so much. Yes. <laughs> like, you've let oh. me, you've let me hug you. You've let me kiss you. I'm not stopping now. <laughs> Uh, but we find out that Alistair has stolen the horses. Yeah. He has stolen all these horses that Jim has worked for years of his life to accumulate. That is his livelihood. That's how he's going to make a life for him and Jess. And they've stolen him and they ran over the top of Seb. Oh, yeah. They're at the house. They ran over him. And it, oh my gosh. And it makes me so mad we find out that the head, the head of the gang of mountain men is Jake and he is Seb's father. We and until I, we don't know that until right here at this point. Yeah. And it, and it says, uh, and he says, now do we start to fight them? And Jake says, the scores are even one of theirs for one of ours. That's your own son. You know? <laughs> you know? And so Jim's had it. He's going after them by himself. Yeah. He goes and he gets his wonderful, beloved horse, Denny. And I love what he says. Come on, Den. I need you for this one. And now Denny has, has was that famous horse from the first movie that- That, that was Denny. With, um, with the Terrible him. Descent. The Terrible Descent is what it's called. Terrible Descent. Mm -hmm. So, um, which he knew how to do because he was a mountain boy his whole life. Uh-huh. So Denny- does this and now Denny is also his trusty steed who goes back and forth it seems across the whole country yep. Australia getting these horses and all this stuff so Denny is having a much needed rest up in the mountains at the homestead he but is, now he's needed again needed. come on partner we got go exactly to yes that's exactly what it is it's it's come on partner I need you for this one <laughs> And then Alistair does lowest of the low. He shoots Denny. He shoots Denny. While they're doing it, the, the descent. descent. Number two. Yeah. Right? Second, yes. Which, honestly, it was, it's a shock. Was it shocking to you? How oh. do you remember this as a five-year-old? I cried. I cried. I'm like, Denny! I was crying. I was crying. Now... Okay, there were a ton of rumors that the horse really did die in an accident while filming, and so they and so they wrote it into the script. Not so, Denny. the The horse actor did not die. Oh, good. The Lovick family, I think, is how you say their name. They owned him, and they confirm on a website that he died in the late 1990s after a full and happy life. Okay. <laughs> so, yes. So he did not die, but Jim is stuck. He has lost his best friend, his partner, and now he's stranded in the mountains. But who comes to save the day? The stallion. The stallion, but he has to tame him because he, yeah. he's so wild. <laughs> and so yeah. And, but they're such, so cool. Like they, they um, have an understanding. They Jim. do. They just, they, now, first of all, Jim did not, obviously, when he ran out, 
to go shoot the stallion because he was causing trouble and they were going to shoot, the boys were going to shoot him if Jim didn't. Mm-hmm. Jim couldn't do it. He, he do it. could not do it. So mm-hmm. he doesn't shoot the stallion, reunites with Jess, all of that stuff. So, I mean, the stallion knows. It knows that Jim did not shoot him when he had the chance. And that he's sticking up for him. Yes. And so he's here. He's going to help him in his time of need. So he tames him and what? And well, let's talk about that shot of them galloping. Just, oh my gosh. The slow-mo galloping with the music and the dirt flying in the air. It's a beautiful shot. My well, he mom gets on the back of the stallion. And it takes him a while. <laughs> It takes- and then he goes and he's he's gonna he's gonna meet up with Alistair and collect his horses because that was the grave injustice was that his horses were stolen from him his right or his his um setup with Jess but he's alone in it still he's right. still alone in the hot pursuit and then <laughs> <laughs> Jess has recruited Harry Hawker, Collins, the boys from the mountain, even her own father. She has recruited this huge, huge mob of men because she's the only woman. And she has, she has gathered this huge mob of men to help Jim go and get his horses back. Did you ever think you would see Jim and Harrison riding side by side? No, I just, I loved it. I, I loved it too. <laughs> I loved it too. Okay. I have to talk about this scene really, really quick because it's when Harrison sees the light. When Patton, when Mr. Patton makes an appearance, you've got to help me with this Harrison. He knows that his son is being stupid. He knows that his son is going to make trouble. He knows that his son has committed a crime. Well, he asks Harrison basically to help him cover it up. Yes. He said, go and bring Alistair back and I'll make sure your loan goes straight through. And I love what he says. How is it that every conversation with you sooner or later turns to money? And thank you. Finally. Exactly. And at last I see yeah. the light. <laughs> yes, and then and then he shows up in this this hunt. They're gonna hunt the um Alistair down again together. And it is it's so good. And I love this whole scene and that I didn't I didn't time it, but there is a huge chunk, huge chunk at the end where no dialogue is happening. We're just watching horses. We're watching the mountain scene. And we're hearing the music. <laughs> we're hearing the music. We, we know. We know what's happening. We're invested. And all of a sudden, I'm like, no one's saying anything. This is awesome. This is so fun. Well, and with the music, when they're coming down that big hill, it's, it's the same theme as in the first movie when they're chasing after the Brumby mob to find the cult. Love it. So it, so it brings it all back, you know, it's another chase scene. And so you're just kind of pumping your arms and you're getting oh, so good. So, so what I love here is obviously we know, you know, the, um, the, the mob or the good guys catch up to the thieves, catch up to Alistair. Mm-hmm. Um, they have them surrounded and yet yep. here takes Alistair off. 
um, off and runs by himself. I mean, what a coward, you know? Total coward. Total sissy. Every man for himself now, and he's leaving his group, and he's going, and Jim takes off after him. Well, the one right-hand man. He's got his goonie with him, yeah. Goonie, and then Jim goes after him. So then we finally get to see a confrontation between Jim and Alistair. The chase! The chase with everybody looking behind them with Alistair and his crony each looking behind them and I love how you just hear the horse galloping and the looking behind and then all of a sudden boom the symbols the symbols just crash and it's the main man from snowy river theme it's like our hero theme and it shows jim riding hard and there's no looking behind him when he is going forward so good yeah it was so so good and that's where that's where the stirrup comes back to play yeah that's he whips his stirrup and he takes and care of Goonie out of here and dead. I mean, I, I would think. That I, that I don't think he's dead, but he's definitely got a broken jaw. Okay, so maybe it's just a broken jaw. So, um, so then Jim is able to confront Alistair and able to deliver that punch that he wanted to deliver. And he well, right away. And that he totally <laughs> deserves. <laughs> you stole, you stole this. It's between me and you now. This uh-huh. is. But uh, and, and then when Alistair sneaks up behind him with the sword while he's resting, okay. the stallion goes in, and Alistair knows very well this is the same horse that killed his friend by trampling him. That's and true. And he is even more cowardly now. He is terrified. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, um, which is good. We're glad that the stallion came in and helped Jim because he would have been a goner, I Yes, think. he would. But then Jim takes his sword from Alistair. And, and, and once it. again, perfect man. Please perfect continue. Man. And honestly, I love that. I love that um, the holding up of that, that hero. And we, we need a hero. <laughs> we want to look for the hero. And, and take us through it. What does he do? What does he do? Oh. Well, he, you know, he goes up to him with the sword and um, Alistair's like, thinks he's going but he breaks it. He breaks the sword and he throws it, throws the broken piece at him and, um, and he shows, he shows mercy. He, he leaves a live prisoner. (laughs) 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 He does. (laughs) After the whole thing. You You said it. You said it. Well, and just once again, I, I'm a singer. I'm an actress and a singer. I'm just a performer. And so when they incorporate music well into a movie, it means all the difference in the world to me. And so he breaks the sword, he throws the hilt, the broken hilt at him. And then you've got the hero stance and you've got the hero music, bum, 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 bum. And just him looking down. It's the perfect shot it's the perfect shot because like you said we need a hero we need a hero oh Oh, it's it was it's always so wonderful when it can be uh such a a clear um you know difference between good and evil and it is that good and you have that hero of of high integrity and um you know this I wrote down a couple of things, you know, he's moral, he's kind, he's good. Um, just a strong man of, of even discipline. And, um, 
but he's going to call out the best in those around him as well. You know, he's going to, he's going to do that. And, and it's no, it's just no surprise that other people would rally around him at the end. Yeah. I mean, when, you know, the, the truth will find you out. So we have Alistair who's left alone at the end by choice, but also because, you know, he's, he's the villain. And then Jim, who was surrounded at the end by just this loving community and, and support system. And it, so it's so cool. I love and, that. And while you're on that, because it's so funny, I was going to have us list Jim's virtues. You just did it. You read my mind. I love it. I, I know we got something going here. The woman that he has been working so hard for yeah. The woman that he has been trying to convince mm -hmm. that it's not who she is, but what she is that yeah. matters. She stepped up to the plate in their relationship and yeah. she came to bat for him. Yeah. Everything because we've established that he's pretty much one of the most romantic and affectionate men in the world <laughs> and, and and any woman would love a jim craig of her own <laughs> but this woman who has been unsure and trying to please everyone has finally settled completely into herself and has come to bat and stand beside the man she loves. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah. It's it beautiful. Is. And that brings us to the end. Harrison apologizes. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> he says, I'm sorry. And Jess says, I've never heard you say that before. <laughs> it's I went, I went back, I went back in the first movie a long, long time ago. Cause I heard her say that. I said, no, he said, I'm sorry in the first movie, but he didn't, he said, forgive me. So oh, <laughs> he said, forgive me. yeah, you know, what a, what a sweet moment for them as father and daughter. And then for Jim to look on and see this, you know, I, of course I wanted Harrison to kind of turn to Jim and say something to him as well. But, but he kind of he kind of held out his arm like okay, uh, but like it's small, it's yeah. tiny, it's tiny. Okay, and here is probably the most controversial thing I'm going to say. There is a deleted wedding scene right there, right after that little conversation. Oh, there sure. is a deleted wedding scene. I'm like, why on earth did you take it? <laughs> I wonder why they did. I don't know. I because saw they, it. They go up. They go up to the homestead. Yeah, they and so you know it's funny because my mom used to say, I think they're married when they go back up up to the mountain. I think they're married at that point. Turns out they are. <laughs> <laughs> how did and, you find that scene? How did you uh was that on I the I don't even movie? remember how I found it? I think I found it on YouTube because oh, I was looking sure. up the music. And so oh, funny. Yes, it is a deleted wedding scene and it is beautiful. You want to talk about eyes? Finally, uh -huh. just take a look at Jim looking at Jessica in that scene. <laughs> I might look that up then. I might because I, I like I always love that. Um just a, a wedding scene at the end. I always think that's fun because that's what my heart wants for them. I, know, I want that. And I don't know why they took it out. Oh, that's too bad. That's too bad. But they return home. 
They return yeah. home to the mountain. They see the stallion yeah. and they see the stallion's <laughs> new foal run up to him, which is just a sweet way to show that time is marching on yeah. and a new life has begun yeah. just as their lives together are beginning. Yes. The end. The end. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Really, really good. You know, sometimes sequels can be um, tedious. And yeah. this one, though, I, I did not think it was tedious. I thought it was just a really good continuing on of the story. I know at the end of the first one, when he says, I'll be back for what's mine, mm -hmm. um, you, you want him to come back. You know, you're, yes. you're, you're not, you don't think they're trying to make a story out of nothing here. You're, they set themselves up for a story. So I, I thought they did a really good job with this one, with the sequel. Um, they, they told a complete story. They continued their love story, their relationship, mm -hmm. and they grew up. You know, they, they were really growing up and they didn't start over. I just, I thought it was great. Mm, yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> perfect story, perfect music, perfect scenery, perfect yeah. man. <laughs> and he found his perfect mate, you know, as much as, yeah. uh, as much as she, you know, sometimes I kind of wanted more from her. Uh, you she really was a good mate for him. Really, well, good and she was part of the story. Yeah. Her her transformation was part of the story arc, which made it even more interesting because yeah. he never lost sight. Mm -hmm. She just needed a little help, yeah. and was he flat, was there. Was a flat character. She really had some depth to her there that you right. could see. And you could he see was mad. there to help her. He yes. was there to lift her up. Yeah. And that's why I think that's why I like you and I both like that a forest scene where they're, you know, she says, I want you. And then the dad comes and they both together stand in unity mm -hmm. up to him and say, it doesn't have to be this way because that's when I really saw she was a match for him. She, she wasn't this perpetually temper tantrum, you know, rich spoiled girl, you know, she was a match for him in character. Exactly. Which yeah. Yep. Amazing. <laughs> okay, so Hallmarkies, sorry you can't find it on Disney Plus. Personally, I own it on VHS, if you can believe that. <laughs> I watched it on an old VCR. <laughs> I, I had I had VHS for sure. Yeah, you can find it on Amazon Prime to rent yes. it. Yes. Yes, and I believe that you can also buy the DVD on Amazon somewhere. So go check it out. It is so worth it because you can listen to us gush as long as the day is long, but it's so much better seeing it and experiencing it for yourself. It's so wonderful. You know, I even found two copies at my public library. No so way! If, yeah, if you are one to rent books from the library and visit your public library, that would be a great place to look where you didn't have to purchase something. Yeah. But, um, Oh, it is, a, it is a good one. So definitely check it out. Yes. All right, Carrie, where can people find you on social media? Oh, yeah. Please look me up on Instagram at Hallmark Comics. That's Hallmark underscore comics. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Cami Drama Girl on Facebook, the Hooked Hardy Facebook page. And my blog is hookedhardy.com. Yes, I am 
very into when calls the heart you can you can check me out on the hardy's hotline and also on deliver me a podcast if you like sign seal delivered and when calls the heart also make sure that you're visiting uh, the Hallmarkies podcast all over social media, uh, Hallmarkies pod and Hallmarkies podcast. If you're listening on iTunes, please give us a thumbs up and uh, leave us your ratings and reviews. And if you're watching on YouTube so you can see us get all excited, <laughs> please give us a thumbs up and leave your comments. And uh, don't forget to visit our merch store because it's brimming with Hallmarkies podcast merch. So that's it for now. We'll see you guys later. Bye.